0: You're listening to episode number 166, and we are gonna be talking about sourdough. Most of us have had sourdough at one time or another in our lives. Some of us are huge fans. We love that tangy sourdough flavor. Others of us have had it and said we don't really like the sourness of it. And then there have been times when we have ventured down the road to making our own sourdough starter and baking with it. And we may have had some failures. Maybe that sourdough starter did not grow as it was supposed to. Or perhaps we were successful with getting our starter off the ground and going. But when it came to baking our bread, we had loaves that were dense as a rock. My hand is raised. And even though we might like the sour flavor, our bread and our starter were so sour that even we didn't truly appreciate it. Or on the flip side, in my house, my husband and I, we both really like the sour, that that tang, the flavor depth that you get with sourdough. My kids are not such big fans. If it has a hint of sour in it, they are turning up their noses and running the other way or behind their mama's back, as happened with my son in the past, hucking that sandwich with sourdough bread in the garbage at school. And it's very helpful when one knows the lunch lady at school so that she can tell you. (laughs) So you can see, I have had a, I hate to say a love-hate relationship with sourdough, but I've definitely had a love-frustration recipe with sourdough. So if you have found yourself in any of the previous scenarios and you're not in your head like yep or you're like I really want to get into sourdough but I don't want to have any of those mistakes or things that happened that you just talked about Melissa then this my friend is your episode. My name let me introduce myself before we go any further is Melissa K. Norris and this is the Pioneering Today podcast where we talk about homegrown and homemade and doing things the old-fashioned way to create natural and self-sufficient homes with or without a full-on homestead. Now, we are going to get into sourdough, but I need to tell you, because it's only up for a limited time, I have a free four-part sourdough video series you need to go get signed up because the videos are only up for one week. They are coming down Thursday, January 17th, 2019. So at the time of this recording, you got one full week to watch all of them. You can go to melissaknorris.com forward slash sourdough. It'll take you right to the sign up page. All you need is your email address. You'll pop it in there. Boom, you will get access to the very first video. And then depending on when you get yourself over there, I'll be sending you out an email as each video releases. Now at the time of this recording, which I just said was January 10th, 2019, video number one is up and for you. And we've already had hundreds of people watching it and are so excited. They're learning a ton and are getting ready to start their starters. And as always, there's a full blog post that accompanies every podcast episode. To access that, and that'll also give you the links too, if you want links that we're referencing within a podcast, those are always in that blog post too. And you can find that at melissaknorris.com forward slash 166. So just the numbers, 166, because this is episode number 166. Can you believe that? We're closing in on 200, my friends. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about my story and journey with sourdough. Way back when, when my husband and I were first married, I wanted to try my hand at sourdough because, as I said, I love the flavor of sourdough. Whenever we would get sourdough rolls or sourdough buns or sourdough bread, anytime we went to a restaurant or it was an option, that's what I was picking. And I'm like, I'm going to make this at home. It's so good. I got a recipe for a sourdough starter and it had to do flour and water and some sugar and some yeast and you mixed it all up in a bowl. Then you just covered it up and you set it aside. I don't even remember now because I'm saying this was over 15 years ago, but you set it aside for a certain amount of days and you were just supposed to stir it. Well, as you can imagine, it grew lovely shades of different mold, pink, black. I mean, the gamut. She was a rainbow of mold and ended up stinking to high heaven. So my first attempt at a sourdough starter totally failed. I tell you this so that you do not feel bad if you have not had success with a sourdough starter in the past. Now, as I share in video one of the four-part series, which I know you are signing up to go and watch, there was a reason that that first starter failed. It has to do with what actually a fermented or a sourdough culture is which is a colony of both natural and wild yeast and lactobacilli bacteria. So natural yeast and natural bacteria or wild, if you've heard the term wild yeast or wild fermentation, that's what we're making in a cultured sourdough. It's only flour and water. If you add in regular granule yeast and or sugar or honey, whatever it is, anything besides the flour and water, you are setting up that culture to be in an off balance. And I go into it in greater depth, but I want to just recap for you here. If you haven't listened to that or watched that, I should say that first video, I go into it in greater depth, but that's the basic reason. So I have had people say, well, I tried a sourdough starter. Some of them have you doing like pineapple juice and all these different things. And most people who do those routes, now not all, sometimes you'll have success, but the majority of them, like myself and everybody who is commenting and sending me messages on Instagram, they were in the same boat. So if that's happened to you, you're not alone and you can totally do it. So once we understand that our sourdough starter is a living thing, which sometimes my kids think is cool and sometimes they're a little weirded out about it when I first tried to explain it to them. My daughter really thinks it's cool. In fact, she is now. The resident sourdough feeder at our house. And filming the series that y'all are getting access to, I have four different sourdough starters. I started them totally from scratch and filmed the entire process. So she is now helping me feed all of these four sourdough starters. We've got regular all purpose flour, ancient grain einkorn, fresh ground hard white wheat, and we're doing a gluten free brown rice sourdough starter because the fermentation process can work with almost any grain and that's one of the beautiful things about sourdough the fermentation process is not just the flavor that we get or the fact that we don't have to buy yeast from the store anymore amen anytime that I can be more self-sufficient and have one less ingredient that I need to rely on I'm all about it and I'm pretty sure you are too because you're listening to something that's titled pioneering today We're all about old-fashioned and self-sufficient. But with your fermentation or your cultured foods, there are so many benefits to them. Not only is it a natural preservative, so it's a natural way, and this is true not just of sourdough, though it is of sourdough as well, but this is true for any fermented food. But it is nature's way of naturally preserving that food. I think we just finished last week the last jar of our naturally fermented cucumber pickles that were from the garden in August. Now, if you were to take a fresh pickle and put it in the fridge, you're lucky if you're going to get two weeks before that thing starts to get mushy and it starts to mold. But fermentation keeps that same food in the fridge for months upon months upon months. Not only is it great from the preservative aspect, but cultured foods, so this, again, sourdough or any cultured primarily it's usually vegetables some people will do fruit but you've got those living organisms right the lactobacilli specifically when we're talking about our sourdough and they are eating or consuming the food which is our flour and our water and as they eat them they are pre-digesting them for us so gut health is a really big thing if you've ever heard about leaky gut or just our overall health, our immune system, it's located in our stomach, scientists are finding out. And the modern American or modern society or Western society, whatever term you want to put on it or categorize there, most of us have damaged gut health or our gut health is not where it should be. And part of that is, well, processed food, uh, stress, antibiotics, which they have their place. We won't get into that necessarily in this episode, but in an upcoming episode, just heads up, we're going to be talking more about natural medicine. That's for another podcast. But we've gotten away from eating those fermented foods that have this good live bacteria. Now, with a case of sourdough, the bacteria isn't live when we eat it because we're not eating our sourdough starter raw, or I never have. I don't know many people that have. We'll put it that way. We're using it to bake with, but when we're putting our flour in it and or whatever grain medium we're using, mine's brown rice, but you can do quinoa, buckwheat. I mean, there's a ton of different gluten-free flour options out there for you. Whatever you're putting it in there with the culture though, it's pre-digesting it for you, which is huge because then our bodies are able to get the nutrients out of it that much easier. And there's some other pretty cool things about that too that I go into in that first video. I know, I'm totally teasing you. You got to go watch the first video. Well, you got to watch all of them, but you got to start with number one, okay? (laughs) But then we are taking that sourdough starter and we're mixing it with our other ingredients and then we're cooking it. So the act of cooking it is going to kill that natural bacteria and yeast, which is fine when we are doing our baked goods. We're not worried about that. It's already done the work for us. And it's also why I talk about keeping those lactobacilli in their happy state because temperature does play a role because too hot and you're going to kill them off too cold and they're going to really slow down. So we talk about different things because temperature, especially when you're getting your sourdough starter started, comes into play. And then when you use it to bake bread or items that we need it to rise. So when we are using it as a natural leavening agent, Temperature comes into play there, and that is a lot of times, now not always, there's a few factors, but a lot of times when people have sourdough bread that is like a brick, like a rock, my hand is raised, it has to do with temperature and the activity or the health of their sourdough starter. And there's ways to easily manipulate the temperature that will fix the issues, You just have to know when to apply them. I know I'm sounding very cryptic. (laughs) So I gave you kind of a quick recap on why sourdough and cultured foods are so good for our health and in particular with this episode with our bread and baked goods. What I thought would be fun is I'm going to go through some of the questions and the comments that I got when I first posted that this was available and you could go and sign up because I know that if other people had these questions and comments, you probably do too. This one was great and it was on the sourdough starter and what type of flour to use. Now, we did talk about not adding in pineapple juice or extra sugar or honey or regular store-bought granule yeast, but this one says people seem to recommend mixing white flour and whole wheat, but I really want to stick with fresh ground whole wheat And this is great. So you can use any grain or flour that you want to to start your starter. The feeding schedule, which we go over, how you feed it, and the hydration, which when it comes to sourdough and bread baking, you may hear the term the hydration level or hydration percentage a lot. For our sourdough starter, all that simply means is how much water and how much ratio to flour that you're putting together to start your starter, so how much you're adding into the container to feed the starter and to get it going. And you can use any grain and any flour that you want if you've got a good feeding schedule down, especially when that starter is in its infancy. So it's gonna look a little bit different when you're first starting that starter for the first week for it to become a full, healthy colony and culture and starter than it does long-term. And that's why I walk you through step-by-step and explain all of this. But you can use any combination therein that you want to. And I've documented doing all different ones. And you can even switch out the flowers once you have your starter started. And you can use different ones that you want based on what you have on hand. So the short answer I went the long about way there for you is you can use all white. You can use all wheat. You can use all einkorn. You can use all spelt you can use all rye, you can use any type of flour that you want, and you can do a combination if you want to. And I talk about in that first video on why perhaps you would choose one or the other. Now, obviously, if you are gluten-free, you're going to pick a gluten-free grain. Others only do ancient grains, so you may decide to do einkorn and or spelt, and that's an option for you too. Now, some people, all you've got is all-purpose flour, and that is totally fine. You can do all all all-purpose flour. No problem. Hard white wheat is generally what I keep my sourdough starter with now because most of the time I'm baking bread with my sourdough starter. But we're going to talk about lots of options you have for using the discard. And we'll talk a little bit more in depth about what that means if you're not familiar with the terminology. But as you know, in past episodes, and we'll link to that in the show notes for this this episode, I've talked about the different types of flour. So I use hard white wheat because mainly I'm baking bread with my sourdough starter. And I want that higher gluten and higher protein content because that is desirable when we're baking bread. Now, you could use a bread flour mix, too, if you are doing a store-bought option on your flour. You can use bread flour. That's totally fine. But I know that that's what I'm making with my sour and sourdough starter predominantly. So that's what I go ahead and feed mine. Now, if I thought, well, I'm really probably only going to be doing like pancakes and waffles or cakes, which, yeah, you can do pastries with sourdough, my friends, and it doesn't have to taste sour, then you might choose to do spelt, which has lower gluten and lower protein content or a soft white wheat or a pastry whole wheat blend. So, But like I said, you really can start it with any flour that you have on hand, and then you can change it later or swap it out to a different flour. So you're not limited to whatever you started it with. My main goal is to just get you started and going with it and for you to have success. Now one thing that people commented a lot about was what to make with the new stuff or with the discard. So when you're making your sourdough starter, In its infancy, it is not strong enough, I repeat, it is not strong enough to bake bread on its own. Your sourdough starter has to be established before you're going to have success using it to bake bread. And discard is when you remove some of the starter from the container that it's in. That's what we talk about when we're talking about discard. And discard is very important in the beginning When you are getting your starter established, it's also something that will come into play later on if you have put your starter to sleep in the fridge and you need to bring it back to life. And let me tell you, the sourdough starter that I have right now is over seven years old. I left it in the fridge this past year, I'm going to say for close to six months. It was in the back of the fridge, we were super busy. I wasn't baking. It was in the summertime and then fall came in and I was working on my new book. Life was just crazy busy and it happens. And then I'm like, oh, it's fall now. It's cold and I've got some time and I want to bake some bread. And I went to pull out my sourdough starter and I realized, I don't even know where it's out in the fridge. It was way in the back. You know how things go to die that slow death in the back of the fridge, at least my fridge, even though I try to keep it cleaned out, I swear. Pulled it out and realized I had not fed it or touched it in literally close to six hours. Muds, and it had a very 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 dark layer of hooch which is the liquid alcohol that happens when the culture is running out of food and then it had like this gray I don't even know how to explain it it was not mold but like a gray black sludge layer beneath the hooch I mean I was like I was so mad I almost cried I was so mad at myself I'm like I've had this thing for almost seven years and I just neglected it Well, I decided to do a science experiment. I'm like, I'm going to take off everything from the top, get a brand new clean vessel. I use a wide mouth mason jar usually. And I'm going to just put from the bottom where there's no icky stuff around it from the very bottom of the starter at the bottom of the container. I'm going to take a tablespoon and I'm going to see if I can revive this thing. Like, let's see how bad can you neglect it and then bring it back. And lo and behold, you guys, with just a week of regular feeding, that thing was back strong as ever, if not better. So they are very, very resilient. But if you have neglected your sourdough starter, like I just shared, I did, it's a brand new sourdough starter and or your starter is too sour, you are going to be using the discard method of feeding, which I go into in depth in video lesson number two of our four-part series. But what do you do with the discard? Because most people don't wanna throw it out. I mean, it seems wasteful, right? It does. Well, I talk about why it's, better to discard, but then we want to use that discard for something. And there is so many things that you can use the discard for. That tastes amazing. Of course, pancakes, waffles, cakes, muffins, tortillas, pie crust, crackers. There's so many things that you can do with it. And you have the benefit of it being a cultured fermented flour product. Now, if you have my book handmade, you know that in the book, we walk through making a sourdough starter, and I've got quite a few recipes already in there for using your starter and your discard for. And in video number three, this four-part video series, I'm going to walk you through doing sourdough pancakes and waffles with your discard. It's especially helpful to have these type of recipes. When your starter is in its infancy, because you can't use it to bake bread yet. But then rest assured and walk you through how you know when is that thing ready to bake bread? And then we open up a whole new door when it comes to sourdough bread. One, it is a different technique than using regular yeast and making regular homemade bread because it doesn't work as fast. And you have to go by not a set amount of time, though we do give time guidelines. But really, it's getting to know that sourdough, like I said, it is a living thing, and it reacts differently to the different temperatures, humidity levels. But once you kind of know what it's supposed to look like and how you can manipulate that, it really is easy to make amazing bread. I do sandwich bread with 100% sourdough starter, lovely, sliceable, barely any crumb sandwich bread that's not full of holes because for sandwich bread, we don't want to have those huge holes because then all your stuff comes smushing out everywhere. And then taking that same sourdough starter and turning it into the more artisan loaves where you're doing the big round boulets all the different wonderful things that you can make with your starter. You can do French bread rolls. We'll be doing the tartine method, which is where you take just a small amount of your sourdough starter and you create the leaven the night before. We can even talk about poolishes. I mean, there are so many different things that we can do with our sourdough starter. It's so exciting, and I warn you, it is addicting, but in a very, very good way. Your family will be very excited. And as always, my goal is sharing what's worked for me and what hasn't, because I've had a whole bunch and not worked with the sourdough, and I want you to have success so that you love it as much as I do. Now, our verse of the week this week is actually a couple of verses, and it was shared with me by a very good friend on my birthday, and I think this is my verse of the year. Now, I know we do a verse of the week, but I feel like this is my verse. This might even be a life verse, and I have a feeling it might be yours, too. It's from Isaiah 65, verses 21 through 23. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. I feel like that doesn't even need any further explanation. And I hope that you enjoy the work of your hands and do not labor in vain. And if you somehow missed it, because I've said it like a hundred times throughout the whole episode, if you haven't, you can go and sign up for the sourdough video series at melissaknorris.com forward slash sourdough. And then I will see you right in my kitchen.